0: I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Well, hello, hello, Wellpruners, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpruner podcast. Were you intuitively drawn to listen to this episode this week? Okay. So maybe that's a bit cheesy, but this week I have my friend Holly Wharton on the show and we are talking about using intuition in your business. The thing is, for years I was convinced that I could think my way out of any problem, that if something wasn't going well, I could think up, I could learn and, you know, take courses and study and somehow use my brain to like create this amazing solution to get what I wanted. And actually that felt hard and like a lot of struggle. But that was what I knew how to do, and that's what I'd done in school, and that's like how I thought business worked. Well, newsflash, actually, since I've started tuning into my intuition, business and life feel a lot more fun and flowing and easy. Because actually, our intuition is like our subconscious processing so much information that we don't consciously know about, and actually helping us to make decisions. It's really amazing. So I wanted to have Holly on to talk more about intuition and how she uses it in her business, and how she helps her clients tune into their intuition. And we get a little bit woo-woo, which is kind of fun, so we kind of go into this whole exploring the intuitive space. But whether you're into the woo-woo stuff or not, I think you'll take away something that you can really learn from and use in this episode. Because everyone can get more in tune with your body and start to be able to make easier more aligned decisions just by tuning into your intuition. So I think you're going to really enjoy this week's episode. Now, in case you've missed it, for the past couple of weeks, I've been sending out an email on Wednesdays called Wellpreneur Wednesdays. Very creative, right? And It's been pretty cool, and so far, the feedback's been really good. It's basically a really short, scannable summary of all the awesome stuff that you should know about, either in wellness and in business, both on my podcast, on other podcasts that I love, on other places around the web. It's like my curated roundup of what you need to know as a Wellpreneur every Wednesday. So if you didn't get that, then you definitely want to come jump onto my email list, which you can sign up for at wellpreneuronline.com and then you'll make sure you get the next Wednesday's Wellpreneur Wednesdays. Also, last week's episode, episode 165, was all about simplifying your Facebook feed, and I love the discussion that we're having around this. So I just wanted to check in with you on that, and have you simplified your Facebook feed? So if not, I highly encourage you to do that, to go in and unfriend and unlike and unfollow things that just don't feel right, and then to curate and curate your feed and start actually liking and friending people that are moving you in the direction you want to go in. And this is an area where you can use your intuition. So you can use your intuition when you see your Facebook feed and when you get that like ugh feeling when you see an update from someone, maybe you need to unfollow them. So it's a good practice between last week's episode on Facebook curation and making your Facebook feed fun again, that was episode 165. And this week, 166, talking all about intuition and business, they play together really nicely. I love it when that happens. Anyway, okay, let's jump over into this interview with Holly Wharton, all about intuitive business. Hi, Holly. I am so excited you could come back to join us again here on the podcast. I'm excited to be back. Thank you. So Holly, I wanted to have you on to talk about business intuition. And (laughs) usually before I started an episode, I kind of chat with the guests and I'm like, oh, is there anything in particular you want to touch on in the interview? And you were just like, no, let's just let it flow. And I thought, this is good. We'll just use our intuition and see where it goes. (laughs) It's like perfect, right? (laughs) So how did you get in? Because I know you wrote a book on business intuition and it's something that you've started using more and more in your own business. So just tell people who you are, what you do and how your interest in intuition came about.
1: Yeah. So I work with women entrepreneurs who are struggling in their business. Either they're so stuck, they can't take the action they need to take or they are taking action, but something's not working. And from my experience, when I've been in that situation in the past, it's because my mindset wasn't serving me. So I trained in a technique a few years ago called Psych K, which helps you reprogram your subconscious beliefs. And I started using that a lot with myself. It completely changed my life, completely changed my perspective on what I was capable of achieving. And it just made life and business so much easier. So I ended up kind of shifting my business from social media marketing to business mindset, because it was such a big struggle for me. And it just makes everything so much easier when you can work at that deep level. And the technique I'm using now works not only at the subconscious level, but at the energetic levels to just release any blocks and reprogram your beliefs, which just makes taking action so much easier if you've got any blocks around self-esteem, self-confidence, that kind of thing.
0: I've talked about this before on the podcast, but when I first got started and probably, I don't know, maybe just a little bit before I'd met you in London, but early on as I was getting started with my business, I used to think that it was total BS, all of this mindset stuff. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is just what people are saying. So they don't have to tell us like how really to grow a successful business or like this is what yeah. they're just saying for free. And then in their course, they'll tell you like what to really do, you know? And yeah, that was completely wrong. So if anyone out there is thinking that, that I've just learned is completely wrong because so much of the success that we realize and the results that we get are is down to how we're limiting ourselves because of yes. our beliefs.
1: Yeah, and that is so true because this is not my first business. My first business I ran for 10 and a half years with a business partner I got such, I learned so much about business, so much about online marketing. My role within that business was online marketing. So when I came to the coaching world, I had 10 and a half years of solid business and marketing experience, and I still struggled to make my business work. So it wasn't until I found that mindset piece that I realized, oh, I don't believe in myself. I don't value my knowledge. I don't value all I bring to the table. And that was when things started shifting for me because all the practical business knowledge, I had it and it still wasn't working.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's kind of talk a bit about, I guess, decision making and second guessing. Mm -hmm. and Because there's kind of like two issues going on here. There's like the limiting belief thing, which is in my mind, a lot of it is just like what you envision is kind of what you're going to get. And then there's also that the the, the the subconscious bit. I guess you don't always realize what your expectations are, but there's that whole piece. But then there's also the you have this nagging feeling
1: about something, but you're trying to rationalize your way out of it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you just talk about those a little bit?
1: So I am not someone who naturally comes to the table with an amazing intuition. It's something that i worked on over the years because for so many years, I ignored that nagging feeling. I felt totally out of touch with myself. I was not feeling connected and tapped into my inner wisdom, my higher self, my whatever you want to call it. And it was something that I had to develop. And the worst thing is that I used to think that intuition was something that like either you had it or you didn't. And I didn't realize it was something that you could develop. And it's taken me years really to get to the point where I absolutely trust my decisions now. I do not second guess myself. I know exactly when I make a decision, yes, no, this or that. I trust it 100%. It's like unwavering trust, faith, whatever in myself because I have that really strong kind of inner compass of my intuition. But it takes hearing that little nudge, hearing that, you know, feeling that gut feeling And responding to it, like paying attention to it and doing what it tells you to do. And you have to kind of keep doing that, keep doing that, keep doing that until you strengthen your intuition muscle. Where does that come from in
0: your body? I know it's different for everyone, but where do you (laughs) get the nudge? I get it
1: in my gut, really. Mm -hmm. I feel it there. Because I know that the real answers never come from my head. Yeah, I know. I always say that my gut is smarter than my head. <laughs> and that's
0: really hard. Personally, I've had like a very intellectual academic yep. type upbringing and that is what and I'm I was quite smart in school and that's what was always valued. Yep. So I was convinced I could think I'm, you know, I'm like I'm smarter than so many people and I can
1: think my way through this. Like I can figure it out. And that's just not how it works, actually. <laughs> I know. And I come from exactly the same background and beliefs. And I always valued logic and just, you know, using my head to figure something out. And it really took a lot of, I guess, faith and surrender to realize that there was another way and it might work better for me. And it does. It's scary, actually, because you think,
0: I don't know, it throws like all your values into question in a way or this this <laughs> worldview that you have because you suddenly is like a leap of faith to trust your gut that first time and say, even though my head is saying, oh, I should be able to make this work and that work or, you know, oh, I'm sure you guys listening have had this experience of like trying to end, a re- getting to the point in a relationship where it needs mm-hmm. to end and you don't yep. end it. And it goes on and on and on and on because you keep justifying to yourself that, well, it could be pretty good or, you know, it's just this situation, blah, blah, blah when inside, you
1: know, it needs yeah. to end. Your gut is just like, Get out of here, and your head is like, No, but it's not always bad, yeah, or leaving a job that you don't like yeah.
0: you know how long how many years can we all justify that and i how have you been able to be brave like that to trust yourself and take and follow your gut, or you know how have you strengthened
1: that? I think it was just it was the idea that I knew that other people had a strong intuitive nudge or intuition and it really helped them in their lives and so i wanted that too and so i just started using this tool that i used to work with psyche to reprogram my beliefs around that and just say you know i have a strong intuition that helps me out i always listen to my intuition creating kind of belief statements like that and just working on programming those in and eventually it gets to the point where you have that shift and you start to believe so it just made it easier that was, i mean psyche was such a big part of my life for three or four years, that it was how I solved all my problems. <laughs> I mean, all my mindset stuff kind of went through there. Like, I'm having problems doing this? Well, let's just put some beliefs in there. So that was really how I made it easier for me to listen to my intuition. And then once, like I said, it's like a muscle. Once you start paying attention to it a few times and listening to it, then it's like the little whisper come, becomes louder and louder and louder, and it's easier for you to hear. And you trust yourself more and so it's easier for you to take action based on that because you know it's leading you down the right path rather than who knows where sometimes don't you find it almost feels too easy like oh this is the answer
0: i don't need to sit there and stress out about it and try to figure it out and map it out and do a spreadsheet and all of this stuff
1: it's just (laughs) ah there it is i love it though i love that kind of easy because it frees up so much time and energy to do other things and i love spreadsheets so i'd rather be doing spreadsheets (laughs) about something more exciting I mean, it's like, I don't know, it's almost like
0: scary easy. And I guess, you know, I'm at a point that I've really actively the past two years, I'd say, really been working on trusting my intuition rather than my brain, which is why I wanted to have you on to talk about this. And I find it like so easy because you just know the answer, but yet scary because, well, how do you know it's going to work? Can you rationalize it out? Does it really make sense? Like all this crazy stuff that my mind wants to do then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You've really got to surrender and it's all about trusting yourself and your intuition is part of you. So it's, it's ultimately comes down to how much do you trust yourself and how much are you willing to trust yourself? Mm-hmm. I like that. How much are you willing to trust
0: yourself? Awesome. So give us some <laughs> examples of how you or your clients, like how do people use or in what areas of their business do people use intuition? Like
1: how can we use this? Oh, and every asset. I mean, every decision that you have to make, you know, whether it's people, guests coming onto your podcast, if someone pitches you or you putting together a spreadsheet of people to invite on your podcast or business making decisions like, should I do this online course or should I focus on one to one work? Or should I write this book? Should I write that book? Should I do a video on this topic or that topic? It's like ideas, creative ideas just pop into my head and I know they're the right answer. Or when I look at a list of ideas of things I have to do, I intuitively know which is the most important thing. I don't have to sit there and analyze it. It's just, I get like an instant boom. This is what I have to focus on first.
0: So how do you distinguish between like competing voices that might be going on inside? Mm. So everyone now is like, oh my God, Amanda's hearing all these little voices. (laughs) But but seriously, we all have these, right? So you have an idea, like a brilliant business idea that comes to you in the shower. How do you distinguish between idea that's come based on, or a feeling that's come based on fear, like scarcity, like, oh my gosh, I just need to do something to make money. Or ego, which is like, oh, I could do that and everyone would be so impressed. Versus intuition, like this is the path for you. Like this is what I'm being called to do. How do you kind of tease
1: those apart? I think that's an excellent question. And I would say the voice of intuition is, it just feels grounded. It feels supportive. It feels right. Whereas the voice of fear, I mean, fear is a very clear feeling. So I get a very different feeling when I'm thinking about making decisions based on fear. It's a kind of a tightness rather than just a relaxed expansiveness. And then the ego voice, yeah, that one can lead you astray, but that's also got a very different kind of feeling to it. So I I guess it's... Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's once you get used to the, your voice of intuition, your gut feeling of intuition, your heart feeling of intuition, whatever wherever it is you feel it, you become you recognize it. It's like you would recognize the voice of a friend. You know, I can distinguish between your voice and some other one person's voice because mm-hmm. I've heard your voice so many times before. So
0: it sounds like a lot of this is really, I mean, it's you need to tune into your own inner compass mm-hmm. and like how these feelings and how these thoughts manifest themselves in your body so that you can start to distinguish this kind of stuff. So I'm wondering if you could share some exercises or like you said, it feels like some people are more skilled at this intuition thing to start with. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just because they're more tuned into what's going on in their bodies Yeah. and other people aren't. Could you give us some exercises or little baby steps people could try at home to start
1: to tune into these? Yeah, definitely. And I speak as someone who was not tuned into my body. So I know exactly what it's like to be totally disconnected like that. I would say the most important thing is moving from your head to your body. So clear your head, get all the stuff out of your head. So if you're the kind of person who keeps your to-do list in your head and you think, oh, I have to go to the store and then I have to do this thing for my business and then I have to do this other thing, like get that stuff out of your head and into a system because once you clear all that clutter out of your head, you can start to hear that voice of intuition or feel the voice of intuition in your body. But if your head is full of busyness, it can be really, really difficult to hear that tiny little whisper of intuition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, So I'd say that's a really good point to start. I like that. Yeah. What about like very first
0: little experiments to do with intuition? What's the first thing people should start using their
1: intuition on? <laughs> well, I think I mean there's so many ways, and there's so many things that are gonna work for different people, and there's no one right solution. But as you said, morning pages, journaling can also be really helpful. So if you just sit down and you you put down a question, you know, what should I do about this, or put forth a question about what it is that you want in your intuition to give you guidance on, and then maybe just free write and see what comes up. That's another way for the voice of your intuition to come up in a more kind of tangible way because you're seeing the writing. So that can sometimes be easier than feeling the gut nudge or hearing the little voice in your head. You're seeing it in writing and that can be easier to give it credit or because you can see it as it's coming out of your writing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, totally. And I've also
0: found that sometimes it's like the first thought that comes up that you squash Mm. down. Yes, exactly. Like, like this thing when you ask yourself a question it will pop up and then you'll then your mm-hmm. brain will be like, oh, no, that's not it. That's and it will just kind of justify why that's not the right answer. But exactly. Actually, it's quite fun to then just take that and be like, OK, well, what if I play with that first idea? Yep. What would
1: come up? And that's been really
0: illuminating for me, actually.
1: Yeah. And I, th- I think it gets to the point where once you've done that enough, where you've given that first thought this time and space, and you've taken action on it, that your head won't jump in and squash it as fast.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm going totally down the woo-woo path. So everybody listening Great. is like I'm way down at this episode. So you just have to forgive me. But <laughs> I find that as over the past few years, as I've been honing my intuition and, and looking to trust it, I've been playing more with, I've been using like Oracle cards for this also, oh, yeah. or tarot cards. But I find generally like for people that haven't done a lot of tarot, like Oracle cards are way easier because you can just figure out what it is in the picture. But what's so cool about it is it's not a lot of people are like, oh, how does the card is not going to predict the future? Or, you know, how do I know what it means? To me, that's like not what it's about. Like they're Mm -hmm. basically prompts for Mm -hmm. triggering your intuition because you can pull a card for somebody or I do this for myself every morning. Actually, I pull a card for the day as after I do my morning pages And just see what it triggers, like what comes up. And it's so funny because you can show the same card to different people and they'll have different impressions of it. And it's kind of like, you know, you're subconscious Mm. or you're, I don't know, this is my take on it. But I have found that that practice of pulling a card and just seeing what
1: comes up in myself when I see it is Mm -hmm. quite helpful for my intuition as well. It is. And that's another really tangible way because you're seeing the card, you're seeing the image, you're seeing the word on the card. It's really clear guidance. And then from there, as you said, it's going to mean different things to different people. You and I could pull the same card this morning. It would mean one thing to you and something different to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's, yeah, it's really nice. So, so do you use like those kind of
0: cards, like Oracle? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite deck? I'll get mine out too. We
1: can talk. <laughs> I have, let's see, I have a bunch of different decks. I, for years I was using I think it was the Doreen Virtue Healing with the Fairies deck. I loved that one. Now I've been using the Wisdom of Avalon deck a lot. Ooh. So these are both super woo, but I really really like both of them. So oh, yeah. I've
0: never seen either one of those. So that's awesome. I'm using which I have it's in the other room because I because it's out where I do my morning pages every morning. Yeah. But I got a new one earlier this year called the Enchanted Map. And Ooh. it really, I saw some somebody else had it and it really spoke to me because it's basically like the map of the journey of your life. And each of the cards is like this different an event you might encounter throughout your life. And since I love to travel and I'm very like, I mean, it just really spoke to me. So I love that one. It's called The Enchanted Map. I'll link all of those up in the show notes if people want to see them. But oh, the, also, if you want a tarot deck, The
1: Wild Unknown is so Ooh. gorgeous. It's like hand-drawn, and it's just really beautiful. So Oh, I love that. Yeah, for tarot, I use the tarot of trees. And instead of people in the cards, it's, it's trees. And I love trees so
0: much. That... Oh, I love that. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, this is a perfect segue because totally different topic. Everyone doesn't know. But Holly does a lot of walking in England. So tell us about this, this other side of your life. And I mean, it must be intuition that's that guided you to
1: do this because you've written a whole bunch of books now about your walk. Yes, Yes, I have. So I grew up in California, really close to a, a state park, which was literally down the end of the street from my house. So I used to go hiking in the summers with my friends and I would drag them out hiking with me in the heat of the summer and I always really liked that. And then I went through a period of my life where I just wasn't doing any hiking or outdoors nature walking or anything like that. Because I was living in Latin America, and it's you know not always safe to go out in the wilderness there. Then when I moved to England, it was like something clicked in my brain. And I was like, oh, I can go walking alone here. And this does tie into intuition, because it's a really good way for me to connect with myself. Because, like I said, listening to intuition is all about connecting with yourself. So you can hear that voice and feel that gut nudge. And so I love going on walks out in the middle of nowhere, out in nature, whether it's a day walk of, you know, 10 or 12 miles or a long distance trail. So in 2015, I walked my first long distance trail, which was 100 miles, um, the South Downs Way. And I, I wrote a book about it because it was such. Oh, there were so many ups and downs on that trip. It was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. And it was such a great inner journey. And so then last year, I walked the Ridgeway, which is 87 miles, but goes through amazing historical sites, like really ancient historical sites, burial mounds and tombs and hill forts and really amazing stuff. So there's a lot of history there and walking. So to me, there's just something magical about being out in nature for hours on end alone. It's like, I call it mobile meditation because it's like my brain just kind of clears out and I'm not really even thinking about anything. And that helps me reconnect with myself in a very, very deep way. Now, how do you walk
0: 100 miles? Are you doing it all in one trip and like camping or staying in B&B's? Do you break
1: it up over some different weekends? Like, how does that Yeah, work? I like doing it all in one go. So I stay at B&B's, some trails have camping, some trails don't. The South Downs Way really doesn't have very much camping along it. So I stayed at B and B's the whole way. But yeah, I just spread it out over the course of I think it was eight days and just walked, you know, X amount of miles a day and then stayed in a place at night and then got up the next day and did it again. And the reason why it was so challenging to me that first walk was because I totally underestimated You know, it's one thing is to walk 12 miles in a day and then do something else the next day. But another thing is to wake up and walk another 12 miles again the following day and then again and again and again. And then you've got a 20 mile day and then 14 mile day. And it's it takes a physical toll on your body. And it's really, really tiring. And I just really underestimated that. And so it was really challenging for me in a way that I hadn't anticipated. At the same time, being deeply, deeply just beautiful connection with myself. Mm. Did you write along the way or it was just afterwards? Oh, you did. Yeah, I do. So what I do is I have an iPad mini with a little keyboard and I bring it with me. And every night after dinner, I sit at the pub or wherever it is that I'm eating and I type up everything that happened to me during the day. So it's still fresh in my mind. And then that's kind of each day is a chapter in the book. And then when I get home, I add all of the kind of cultural, historical, Reflections and that and that kind of thing. So I usually end up publishing the book about a year after I've done the walk because it takes me that time to kind of do the editing, but also reflect on the experience. Mm
0: -hmm. Do you remember what sparked you to even want to do that? Because I'd never even heard about the South Downs Way until you walked
1: it. Like, Mm. what, what triggered that for you, or what? Yeah, what sparked it? Well, so I'd been doing lots of day walks. I live in Surrey, so I have loads of trails to walk on, and I just always wanted to walk the Camino de Santiago in Spain, ever since I was like 20 or 21 years old, and I read this book about it. So that was in the back of my head for the longest time. And I thought, well, that's a really long walk. I mean, that's going to take like over a month. So why don't I start with something easier, which is just 100 miles, and I started looking at national trails and I started looking, reading other people's accounts of walking different national trails and settled on the South Downs Way, which is actually probably one of the most popular ones. I love that. And have you walked the Camino de Santiago yet? No, I haven't because, you know, after I did that, the South Downs Way... I realized that I love walking in England so much that I just want to walk more here before I move on to other countries.
0: (laughs) Got it. Well, there's still loads more walking to do. England has like, people love going for hikes in England. And and there's so many nice B&Bs and pubs along the way too, with big fireplaces and pints of ale and yummy pies and all sorts of (laughs) non-healthy stuff, but it's really cozy and lovely. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. So Holly, any final
1: parting thoughts for people about intuition? I would just say if you feel drawn to this topic and you feel like you could benefit from trusting your intuition, then all you need to do is just make the decision to trust your intuition and do the work to connect with yourself and clear your mind and start listening to it and acting on its guidance. But you've got to make the decision that you're going to trust yourself. And like I said, it all comes down to, are you willing to trust yourself? And How much are you willing to trust yourself? Mm -hmm. I love
0: it. Use a little tiny bit of intuition to see if you're willing to trust your intuition a little
1: bit more. If
0: you're (laughs) drawn to it, it's fantastic. So Holly, tell us um, your book and your website and where people can get in touch if they want to have a chat with you about this.
1: Yeah, so my website is hollywharton.com and my email is holly at hollywharton.com. And the book is called Business Intuition. So if you search for me on Amazon or wherever you buy books online, you can find both my Business Intuition book and my books on walking and other books on business mindset. So, yeah, cool. Thanks so much, Holly, for being here. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellprinter podcast. As always, you can get all the links in the show notes, which are available at wellprinteronline.com. And if you're not signed up to get my Wellprinter Wednesday updates, which tells you like exactly what you need to know as a Wellprinter every single week, the best from wellness and business, then jump over again to wellprinteronline.com, join my email list, and you'll hear from me on Wednesday. Okay, have a fantastic week, guys, and I will see you back here next week as usual.